Welcome to the Hidden Acres Podcast, coming to you from Hidden Acres Christian Center in Dayton, Iowa. We're your hosts, Eric Smith and Taylor Muggy, and we're happy to bring you the chapel messages from our 2021 Women's Retreat, which was September 17th through 19th. Mm. Uh, the speaker this year was Molly Sanborn, a.k.a. The Cheeseball Chick. The Cheeseball Chick. And actually, there will be an interview with her released later, I think next week. Nice. We'll release you that. sat down and talked to her she was after great. the weekend. She was so weekend. good. That's awesome. So we're actually releasing all four messages of hers today. Cool. So if you weren't here at Women's Retreat, enjoy these messages. And feel free to share them with your friends. This is now message number three, and it's from Saturday night. I like to interact with you all. So who's had a good day? Awesome. Good. Great. Yes. Even a whistle. I got to learn how to do that. Teach me some time. So tonight's message, if you look in your little flip-out thingy, if you have it, is called Nightlight. And um, as you think about a nightlight, well, first of all, I want to point out to you the nightlight that I brought from home. It's kind of didn't travel very well. It's one of those like paper lanterns and just guys in the back, just watch that there's no flames coming out of it like partway through chapel because I don't know if I have it rigged exactly correct. So we'll just all stop, drop, and roll if that happens. But uh, this is actually a light that I got from Israel when I went there in my early 20s, and so I call it my Israel light. So I tell people that if they come to my house, they can see my Israel light. So I want you to think about a night light and the purpose of a night light, and why don't you turn to the person next to you and just share what comes to your mind about night lights. Right, clearly, uh, clearly there's a lot of purposes for nightlights. Here you are yakking again. So, and there, there was also some funny things about nightlights. I'm not sure what that laughter was about. But, you know, if you have kids or if you have grandkids or if you've been a kid, which is all of you, often the purpose of a nightlight, besides seeing where you need to go, you know, to the bathroom to make your way down the hallway or whatever, it's sometimes to bring a little peace, right? To bring a little comfort. How many of you as a child wanted a nightlight rather than just straight up dark, okay? Wow, you guys are like brave over here. Look at that. Really? Some of you liked it straight up dark? That's impressive. So my kids sleep with a nightlight. And, um, you know, as I think about being scared of the dark, I just, I, I start to think, well, what, what are people scared of? I want you just to think of that in your mind right now. What are you afraid of? Is there any fear in your life right now? It could be a situation. It could be a relationship. It could be, uh, a memory, a trauma. It could be something that hasn't even happened that you're afraid might happen 
There's a lot of things to be afraid of, and yet throughout the Bible we hear do not fear, right? Again and again and again. Well, I want to share a story with you of when fear crept into my life. It, was, uh, it began when I was 15 years old, and I was having a sleepover with my friend, and there was six family members plus my friend, so there were seven of us in the house, Uh, My parents and two of my siblings were sleeping upstairs. My brother was in the basement. My friend and I were on the main floor, and we were hanging out till 3 in the morning. We were in our living room that has big picture windows on either side, and the curtains were not closed. But at 3 in the morning, we were like, okay, let's go to bed. So we closed the curtains, turn a light down. She goes into the bathroom off of the kitchen to get ready and brush her teeth. I go upstairs. As I'm coming down the stairs back into the living room, she's coming out of the bathroom we hear a crash and we have a cat. So I thought, well, maybe it was just the cat. He's really fat. It sounded like something big fell in the kitchen, but it was that moment where you look at each other and you realize you didn't make that sound. I didn't make that sound. Everybody else is sleeping. Was it the cat? And so we huddle together and we creep into the kitchen and we see one of the kitchen chairs had been completely knocked over And then we see the screen on the window of the kitchen was now inside the kitchen with a big slit mark through it. Thank you for feeling my fear. I am not alone. And so in that moment, it's like straight out of a, you know, ridiculous horror movie. We, we huddled together, and I, I don't know why we didn't just go for the phone, which was right there, and call 911, or why we didn't go upstairs, because I don't think the person could have gone upstairs, but the kitchen had two ways to get out. We went down into the dark basement. <laughs> And, and we're like holding each other as we're going down the stairs. We like got one fist out each in the direction of wherever. And we go wake my older brother up. He gets his shotgun that he uses for hunting. And so now we are huddled behind my brother as we're going back up the stairs around every corner. We finally make it up to my parents' room. We wake them up. We call 911. The cops come over. They search every single closet. They search everything, every single room. They search everywhere and they do not find this person. And so what we think happened is that the person came in right after we closed the drapes, that they had been watching us and they were waiting for us to go to bed or whatever. They came in the kitchen, they stole my mom's purse, my dad's wallet, and my brother's BB gun, which was right there on, so they're armed with a BB gun, (laughs) which was on the counter. And then when they heard me coming down the stairs and my friend coming out the bathroom, they must've made a quick dash through the window. So that's probably what happened. But for those like five minutes in the house, Something serious was happening inside of me. There was some fear taking root in my life right then. And you know, at that point, then we went to bed and we were like sleeping in the same single bed up in my sister's room at that point. And, and we talk about the next day at school, we thought it was so cool to tell the story to our friends, like someone broke into Molly's house and we were like walking around, we were gonna beat them up. And, but if I'm honest, that started something inside of me. And so moving forward in life, if there was ever a time where I was home alone at night, I was terrified. I was so afraid. But as a teenager living with three other siblings and a mom and dad, that didn't happen hardly ever at all. So there wasn't a whole lot of time for my teenage years and even my early 20s because I had roommates in college that I had that opportunity for the fear to really surface again um, until 
I started dating Craig, and he lived two hours away, and I would go to visit him for a day or two at a time and need to stay overnight, and it wouldn't look very good if Keep Your Pants On Speaker Molly slept over at Youth Pastor Craig's house in the small town, so we decided probably best that I find another place to stay. So a sweet family from Craig's church, a retired couple who spends a ton of time in Florida, said, you can just use the condo, Molly. You can just sleep there whether we're there or not. There's a guest bed in the basement. Go for it. And so a lot of times they were there. This particular time they were in Florida. And so I went to bed and I was doing okay. Like I was doing, I'm like a big girl now, right? Like I'm like late 20s, I can do this. And I mean, I had some thoughts and I wondered, but I fell asleep probably after midnight and it was about 1.16 exactly. Because <laughs> I remember seeing the clock that my eyes popped open and I heard footsteps in the room above me. Yeah, thank you again for feeling my fear with me. I do not feel alone. And But you know what? Because of my history of fear of intruders, I was talking myself out of it, right? Like as soon as I heard, I was like, no, that's just, I'm dreaming. Like, wake up, Molly, come on. And But then I listened more, and, and it was not just one set of footsteps. It sounded like there were two sets of footsteps. And then as I listened more, it sounded like there were drawers in the room above me opening and closing. It was an office above me. So I have all these terrible thoughts going through my head. And my car is upstairs through the living room out in the front. And so I'm thinking, well, I need to escape out the back, but really I should just call 911. But no, I can't call 911 because this is a small town. And if I'm just making this up, everyone's going to know that the youth pastor's fiance or girlfriend, whoever I was at the time, like is this scaredy cat and called the police for no reason. So, oh wait, there's a part to this story I forgot to tell you. This is important. You guys need to know what I was wearing when this happened. Okay, so just talk amongst yourselves. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> All right. I am not I am not making this up. These are the exact pajamas that I was wearing that night at Faith and Dave Peterson's condo in Long Prairie, Minnesota. <laughs> They are little boy footy pajamas. I buy the extra, extra large size because I'm obsessed with footy pajamas. Love them so much. In fact, you guys, this is super embarrassing, but before I met Craig, I had a crush on a different guy, but it was nothing like Craig, and thank the Lord it didn't go anywhere. But I thought, you know what, if we ever became a couple, we should have footy pajamas together. And so I bought myself camel cam pink camouflage footy pajamas, and then I bought him these footy pajamas, but they were like, the only size I could get was extra large and little boys, but he's like a big guy. <sighs> this is so embarrassing. <laughs> and so my mom helped me add fabric. <laughs> <laughs> All right, praise the Lord. This never got to that guy. It went nowhere, but I had it on hand. <laughs> and then guess what? When I met Craig, I gave them to him. <laughs> 
And he was so gracious, he didn't mind that it was another man's pajamas. So anyway, okay, so there I am in my little boy footy pajamas in the bed because it's winter time and I am freaking out, but I'm trying to tell myself it's no big deal. But then the sounds continue and I'm like, I, I have to hide or something. And so I kind of like roll in the bed and then I like roll off the bed and then I roll on the ground because I don't want to stand up in case they're coming into the room. And then I go into the closet that has accordion door, like, you know, whatever. And I get in and there's like hardly any room and I, I get in the fetal position on top of some kind of dresser in there and I close it and there's slats so that people could see me. And that's when I realize that my pajamas glow in the dark. <laughs> yes, they do. We're not going to be able to see it tonight, but it says glow, 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 grr, rar, rr, all over the thing. So I'm like totally dead. I mean, if they, if they come in, they're going to see this light shining through the closet door. I bring my phone with me and I still don't want to call 911 because I'm like, maybe I'm making this up. And so I call Craig and it goes right to his voicemail. What does that tell you? His phone is off and he's sleeping. Why do I call it 65 times? I don't know. I do. I call it obsessively. He doesn't answer. And then I hear what it sounds like someone coming down the stairs, but I think it might be my heart. I can't tell because it was beating out of my chest. Finally, after about 15 minutes of a very long time, I feel like I don't hear anything. And so I open the closet door and I crouch down and I roll on the ground and I take these off because I don't want to be a flash of light running half a mile to Craig's house on the dark streets and so I quick change into something my shoes were upstairs so I run in the middle of the winter half a mile to Craig's house and fortunately he didn't lock his door it's a small town nothing happens which is why I felt like I shouldn't call 911 because nothing happens I'm making this up and I, I go up and I stand over Craig in his bed. <laughs> I know, now the poor guy has trauma just as much as I do. <laughs> and I say, Craig, Craig, Craig? He's like totally out. Craig, what, huh, what, huh? And he wakes up and he sees me standing there and I explain the situation and he's so empathetic and he says, should we drive over there now? I mean, we could check it out. Should we call the police? I said, no, 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 no. I'm just gonna crash here. And he's like, well, take my bed, I'll take the couch. I said, no, stay in your bed. I'll take the couch, that's fine. And so I slept a little bit that night. The next morning was a Sunday morning and Craig went to church early because he had youth pastor responsibilities and while he was there, he went to the soundboard in the back of church and Dave Peterson was there. They're supposed to be in Florida. And, and Dave, Craig says, Dave, what are you doing home? I thought you weren't coming home for a couple days and he said, oh, Faith and I caught an early flight and we came home really late, actually early in the morning and well, actually, we had to stop by the condo to get something but we were really quiet. <laughs> This poor couple feels so bad. <laughs> they know the story. And so from, so, you know, that was a great relief, right? To find out that there wasn't actually someone in the house. But every time I would spend the night from that point forward, even though nothing happened, that fear continued to grow. And I would make Craig check every closet and check, he would even start checking the dishwasher and he would check the dryer and he would, it was ridiculous. And so um, that for me had been a really big stronghold in my life. There's humor in it, but if I'm honest, 
it continued on, and I'm gonna share with you sort of the rest of the story in a little bit, but I'm hot, so this is gonna look weird. I actually have clothes underneath, okay? So here we go. We're just gonna take that off right there. So ladies, do you have that in your head, the thing I asked you to think about, the fear? For me, it was a fear of intruders. It was a stronghold. It definitely took root in my life. Um, but the title of tonight's talk is Jesus is a Nightlight, and he helps us with our fears. And there is power in, number one, the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen? There is power in the name of Jesus. So my son was two years old, sleeping in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden, my husband and I wake up to hear him crying. And we, like, groggily roll over and play paper, rock, scissors to see who goes in and gets him. I lost, so I, you know, walk down the hallway into his room. As I'm approaching the door, I realize that this cry sounds different than his normal cry, if you know what I mean. You start to recognize. I'm like, it's not a poopy diaper cry. Praise the Lord. That's not fun to deal with in the middle of the night. It's not a I'm hungry cry, I don't think. And I didn't think it was I just got my leg stuck in the crib cry and a mom is going to have to go get olive oil to get it out cry. I don't think it was that. As I came near his crib, it sounded like a scared cry. And so, you know, like any good mom would, I, I said, honey, honey, what's wrong? And, and he kind of looked up at me and he said, he said, lion. I said, don't be lying to me. Tell me what's going on here. And then he said, black lion get me and so i'm thinking black lion he's two years old we haven't been to the zoo lately he hasn't watched um what's the lion king he hasn't seen that movie like where is he thinking about a black lion but he was scared and so i i said you'll be fine and i left no okay i did not i scooped him up and i held him close and i sat in the rocking chair and i started rocking him close and i started saying the name of jesus over my son and i said jesus bring peace jesus bring peace to tell we pray that you would bring peace jesus as i'm rocking him in the name of Jesus, I pray against any of Satan's schemes to make my son scared right now. Because, guys, I didn't know if this was like a spiritual attack or if it was just a random dream, but would it ever hurt to pray in the name of Jesus? Never. So let that be your first, your first call, not your last resort, always in any situation. If you have a teenager who struggles with nightmares or a young child or you do yourself, the name of Jesus is your first go-to. Claim it. Call on his name. So I'm praying peace in the name of Jesus and my son sniffles and he looks up at me and he says and apples apples like what are you what are you talking about apples and then he says and peppers peppers what are you I'm, are you hungry honey and then the light bulb goes off I realize that he thinks I'm asking Jesus to bring peas peas <laughs> Is that not the best ever? He thinks that I'm lit, and he has such faith as a two-year-old in Jesus that Jesus is going to walk around the corner with a platter of peas. Might as well add some apples and peppers to it. <laughs> so then when I realize that, I start laughing. My son doesn't really know why I'm laughing, but because I'm laughing, he starts laughing. He goes from crying to laughing because we called on the name of Jesus. 
Can I get an amen? Call on the name of Jesus. And then speaking of dreams, not long after that, our daughter, who was just a couple years older, came into our room and said, Mom, why did they come to my side of the bed? I'm just wondering. Mom, I had a bad dream. And I said, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. What, 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 what was your dream about? And she said, it was about a skunk. And um, he was eating my door. In that moment, I tried to dig deep so I could show empathy, and so I squatted down and I said, oh, honey, I'm sorry. That must really stink. <laughs> and then, then we prayed the name of Jesus, and I have coached my kids over the years when they're scared. Just happened the other night. My daughter just came out of her room, said she was scared. We said, Poppy, what do you do? She says, I pray. No, first she said, I come out here. I said, no, you don't. <laughs> She's trying to find all the loopholes, right? I said, you call on the name of Jesus, honey. And, and it was around when she was four years old that she challenged me on that. I said, I said, honey, call on the name of Jesus. There's power in his name. And she said, well, I, I pray to God. And I said, well, that's great. I mean, God and Jesus, Holy Spirit, three in one. But I, I was like, but say Jesus' name. And then she's like, but why? I mean, God is the same. As a four-year-old, we're having this theological discussion. And I'm like, well, maybe, I was thinking, well, maybe it doesn't matter if she says God or not. But then I'm like, I think there's somewhere in scripture that talks about the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. And so I found it in Philippians for her. And I told her in Philippians 2, 9 through 11, I'll read it for you or you can look it up. It's kind of small on the screen. It says this. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Call on his name. The name of Jesus. And you know, we can do that all the time through worship, through praise and worship. And these, I'd love to take these ladies home with me, wouldn't you? I'm going to set you up in my living room. And instead of saying Alexa, I would just say, Nicole, Katie, Jenna, play the goodness of God. <laughs> we can't do that. I wish we could. But uh, I wonder if you use an Alexa or a Siri or a Google, what, what song does Alexa know that you ask for the most? Does it have the name of Jesus in it? Is it a song about the power, the goodness? It's just a song about God in general. What is pumping through your head and your heart on a daily basis? Crank it in the car, pump it through your house. May praise and worship always be on your lips. I remember uh, when I was a young mom nursing my daughter in the middle of the night, she was, she was born early, she was underweight. The doctor said you have to feed her every two hours, but that the, the clock starts from when you start feeding her. You know how this goes. So if it takes 45 minutes to feed her, I'm up an hour and 15 minutes later. Oh my goodness, I was losing my mind. In the middle of the night, I remember laying there trying to get her to nurse. It, like, like, seriously, Craig, I was a hard sleeper and I was on drugs because I had a C-section. And so Craig has to first wake me up and then he has to carry me, like help me lead me to the baby's room. And then he has to wake her up and then keep me awake. And it's just, it was challenging. But then Craig would go back to bed and it would be me and Poppy there. And I remember looking out and seeing that it's so dark and there was like hardly any lights on in the house. And I remember just feeling like I was the only one in the world that was awake right then. <laughs> Have you been there? You just want to sleep. You just want this baby to eat quick and get over with and sleep through the night. And I was so tired, but someone 
gave me a gift, um, a baby gift. It was Michael Card, Sleep Sweet in Jesus. Who knows what I'm talking about? Oh, any moms out there? I've seen some babies. If you don't have that, get it. Someone get that for that mom. And Michael Card writes these sweet songs, and one of them is um, from the verse, Psalm 139, and I think I have it on the screen here. Yep, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness as is, is as light to you. So when we think about Jesus being a nightlight, like everything's light to him always. It's never dark. The song, if you know it, you can sing it with me. I'm just going to sing you just a little lullaby right now. Even the darkness is light to him, and the night is as bright as the day. So you are safe though the light grows dim, for even the darkness is light to him. The Father above does not slumber or sleep, he wakefully watches our ways. Then there's no reason for you to weep, for the Father above neither slumbers nor sleeps. So dry your eyes of angel blue and trust the one who died for you. Would not Jesus safely keep the little ones he loves asleep? That's not just for babies. That's for me and you too. So ladies, if you are having a hard time sleeping or if you actually can't sleep because you got a baby you're taking care of, or a sick child, or a sick spouse, or an aging parent, or you just have some things that are keeping you awake, remember that even the darkness is light to him, and when you call on the name of Jesus, there is power and there is light in it. So I'm kind of going with um, the N theme. I like to help you remember. The next one sounds like N, though it doesn't start with N. It, sound, it starts with a silent K. So there is power in the name of Jesus, and there is power in knowing scripture. This is going to be a short and sweet point because I hope I drove that home last night when we talked about a lamp to my feet, but I got to sneak this in whenever I can. You, you will succeed so much more in life. It says in Joshua 1, 8, if this book is in you, if you know what is in this book, it will be a comfort to your soul. It will be a light to your darkness. It will be peace in the midst of your pain. I promise you. I don't promise you. God promises in this book. So another situation that I went through uh, several years ago, which caused a lot of fear in my life, was when I got pregnant with our daughter, Poppy. Long story short, through amazing circumstances that only God could have orchestrated, they discovered that I had a heart condition that would put me at risk for an aortic aneurysm, possibly during birth. So I was planning, I thought, to ha give birth in this small town with midwives and no pain medication. Not because I was like a diehard, I can do this, but I just kind of felt like that's what I wanted to try to do. And uh, God orchestrated doctors to come along at just the right time to find out that I had this condition, which not, not only meant that I couldn't deliver in our town, but I had to deliver in Minneapolis two hours away, and I had to have a scheduled C-section two weeks before the baby was actually due. So that changed my plans a lot. In the process, I had to have several, several MRIs of my heart. Has anyone ever had an MRI before? Okay. 
you guys, any of you claustrophobic, that, oh, I ne next time you have one, I'll pray for you, okay? For those of you who don't know what an MRI machine is, it's, it's like this tube, okay? So we're gonna go ground level here. So it's like you're on this um, like stretcher laying, laying flat, and then there's this dome above you, but there's not much clearance at all, and the machine makes the most ridiculous noises. Are we not living in the, tw are we in the 20th century? I always get confused, 21st, we're in the 21st. It's like 2000 should be 20th, but whatever. We're living in the 21st century, right? Should they not be quiet? Like seriously, the noises. And for those of you who've been pregnant, you're not really supposed to lay on your back when you're six months pregnant and it's uncomfortable. And they said, Molly, this will take about 10 minutes and it, the machine's kind of loud. So we're gonna put on some like headphones and what do you wanna play? And I said, oh, put on KTIS, the Christian station. And I thought, I'll be fine. And so they, they have me go into the machine and I am not kidding you ladies, this is what it sounds like. Boom, 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 right? Right? For those of you who had it? Okay, and then, and then, I mean, but there's no rhythm to it at all, so it's like you might get about five seconds of peace, and then, boom, 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 and like the thing is shaking, like, and then they're telling me so nicely, they're like, Molly, please don't move. And I'm like, and I got this big, you know, I got this big dome on me, my baby. And she's, she doesn't have earphones on her. She doesn't have headphones. And so she's moving around doing somersaults. I'm thinking about her. They said it'd take 10 minutes. I don't have a clock in there, but like five songs have already played, okay? So I know that I'm in there longer than I should be. And as these sounds are happening, and as I'm trying to lay straight, and then they tell you when to take breaths. Oh my word, you guys, can I have some empathy on that one? So they'll say, okay, Molly, through the headphones, they'll say, Breathe in and hold it. Okay, when you're pregnant and you're laying on your back, how long can you hold your breath? Not very long. So they're like, breathe in and hold it. And then they'll say, Molly, we got to try that again. I'm sorry. Are you okay, Molly? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm like lightheaded and I'm sweating. And... Oh my goodness, it was a really rough experience. But as those songs continued to play and I knew the time was getting longer, I thought, oh my gosh, something must be wrong. If this was supposed to be 10 minutes and I've been in here 25 or 30 minutes, they're probably finding things that are like worse. And so then I start having this fear creep in of, oh my goodness, am I gonna die? Is my baby gonna die? Are they gonna try to tell me like that I can't have this baby, which I would just go ahead and make, I mean, Jesus would make a way, but seriously, am I gonna die? What's happening here? And the anxiety came in and the fear came in. And you know what that's like. You're, you feel it in your body and the stupid machine. And then I felt like God gave me in a still small voice just a, a thought. Why don't you quote scripture? Why don't you just try to think of the verses that you know and, and like allow that to bring peace? So I was like, okay, God, I'll try. So I start trying to quote scripture like, be anxious for nothing but like, I, I, I couldn't, and I'm, you know, the rhythm, it just wasn't working, so I was, like, growing more agitated and anxious, and then a light bulb went off, which I'm sure was a Holy Spirit creative idea, and it was like, why don't you quote scripture to the beat of the MRI machine? It's like, oh, let's try that. Okay, so here I am, laying on the ground, laying in the, uh, in the MRI machine, big belly, trying to be still, and I'm like this. Trust in the 
with oh, 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 your heart and lean out on your own understanding. <laughs> okay. okay. Let me tell you what happened. It was so fun. <laughs> so much fun. I wanted them to turn the music down. I was doing this. And you guys, 45 minutes later, they pull me out and like, put me back in. That was awesome. But I couldn't have done that if I hadn't hidden God's word in my heart. This is not a Pat Molly on the back while wow, she knows a lot of verses. No, that's not what it's about at all. This is, hey, I have anxiety just like you. I deal with fear just like you. And the goodness of God has taught me over the years to hide his word in my heart so that in those moments, it's right there. And it's ready and it brings peace. And there is power in knowing scripture. So ladies, let me just say this right now. If over the weekend at all, you have ever felt as you're sitting in your seat, like condemnation, like you're not doing enough, or you don't know enough verses, or you haven't read the Bible at all lately, or you haven't prayed, and you feel guilty about it, let me tell you right now, that is not the voice of God. I need an amen on that one. That is the voice of the enemy, because guess what? God, in his graciousness and, and love for us, brings conviction to draw us closer to him and farther from evil. Conviction is very different from condemnation. Condemnation is guilt and shame. Conviction brings freedom and hope, and God gives you everything you need to walk out that conviction. So ladies, if you have felt any condemnation this weekend at all, Shrug it off in the name of Jesus. Say, I will not partner with you, Satan. And I am going to walk in truth and freedom as I live out the convictions that God equips me to do through his word. So I just had to say that. Because I've been there. I've sat out in a crowd and I've listened to a speaker. Or I've gone to a Bible study or a breakout session. Or I've been in the circle of women and you hear them talking. You're like, oh my word, I am nothing like her. I am such a bad Christian or a bad mom or a bad wife or a bad friend. No, 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 that is not from the Lord. And so if you're feeling that, call it out in the name of Jesus. Get to know God's word who says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and he thinks precious thoughts about you. So there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in knowing scripture and there is power, ladies, in needing help. I'm going to say that again. There is power in needing help from others and from God. This is, goes both ways. So I brought you guys up to the point where Faith and Dave Peterson came home in the middle of the night and freaked me out, right? And uh, it, was, it was kind of this joke. The next time I stayed there, they put up this big poster that said, no intruders allowed. It was very cute. We still joke about it. But if I'm honest... That stronghold just got harder. And so, you know, when I got married to Craig, he was a youth pastor that would travel on mission trips and weekend retreats, and I would be home alone. And I dreaded being home alone because I knew that fear was going to creep in. I could pretend that it didn't exist until I was alone in the house by myself. And one time I was in the bedroom, and there was a room across the way that we called it our junk room. Anyone have any of those, a junk room? That's before kids. We had the luxury of having a junk room. Now every room is a junk room in my house. <laughs> so 
I heard a big crash in the middle of the night. And I mean, literally, I did not make it up. And I get brave and I ask, help, ask for help from Jesus and I'm trying to remember to quote verses. And I walk across the hallway and I look in our junk room and I cannot tell what has changed. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously, I don't know. But then it, thank you, God gave me eyes to see that there, Craig had a music stand like this that had books about this high stacked on it. And just, it must have been moving just the slightest amount, like the whole day, and all of a sudden it just toppled over. And, but it still, fear inside of me. And then I remember one time when we moved into New Hope, our new house, and I heard a crash in the garage, and so I did call 911, and the officers came over and they were looking in the garage, which was kind of like our junk room. And literally the officer said, did, did it look like this? <laughs> Yes, it looked like that. I'm sorry about that. Nobody was there. Then there, when I had kids, I don't know what changed. I, I don't know if it was hormones or what, but it got to the next level. I remember one time in the middle of the night, I was sitting at the kitchen table and I was pumping, okay? Who's been there before? I don't know if the machines have gotten better in the last eight years, but it's kind of like the MRI machine, like, And I'm sitting there getting, you know, my milk sucked out of me, and there's flashes outside the window. And in that moment, I am convinced that someone is taking pictures of me pumping. <laughs> I really was. And not, not to mention that it was a thunderstorm, that, but this fear was just so ingrained. So ladies, I started asking for help. I started asking my friends to pray for me. I started sharing out loud that I had this fear. And God started doing something in me as I started reaching out to people. And it was when I finally said enough is enough and I signed up for a two-hour freedom prayer appointment, not at my church, just a church down the block that offered it. They walk you through the steps to freedom, Neil T. Anderson, but they also have another part that I think, I don't even know what it was that I signed up for. I called them, I told them what my issue was. They're like, okay, we'll sign you up. You go with these two ladies. I went into this room with these two ladies I didn't know, and for two hours, they interceded on my behalf and led me through just different prayers of like calling things out. And after we'd been doing this for like an hour and a half, I just had this impression that I just wanted to be quiet. I just wanted us all to stop. And I, I said to them, I said, is it okay if like, I just, I feel like maybe like, God has something he wants to tell me and I just need to listen. And they're like, yes, 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 we'll pray quietly and, and you just ask him. And I said, God, is there anything you want to tell me? And just like that, the phrase, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them came into my mind. And I didn't know if that was a song. I didn't know if that was a verse. And in the same moment as I heard that in my heart and my mind, I saw my front yard and I saw a tent in my front yard and I saw an angel standing guard by my front door. Like there was an angel camping in my front yard. And ladies, I don't expect that to move you because it's not your situation, but I, something happened right then in that moment. It's like something broke, the stronghold. It's like God did something. I believe because he wanted me to seek him and he wanted me to ask him and others for help. And so then I was like, I, I think that's a verse I don't know. So I grabbed my phone and I look it up and sure enough, it's Psalm 37, four. And as I prayed in that moment, I started crying and I can't explain it except that just something broke 
in, in the spiritual realm, and I felt this burden lifted off of me that had been on me for like 15 years. And then the true test came the next time when Craig went out of town, and I was actually looking forward to it. And I was a different person. There's still moments here and there where the enemy wants to sneak in and remind me of that fear, but I feel like I have more tools now, I have more people praying for me, and God has brought deliverance. And so I actually have got excited thinking about an intruder coming in my house. <laughs> I have. I've been like, you know why? Because what God showed me is that he's got an angel, not just one, but like all around my house, and that nobody is going to pass through my front door that doesn't first get permission from the Lord. And if God sees it in his best interest of a testimony in my life and his glory to let an intruder come in my house and mess with me sometime, then I trust God. And so I picture myself, like, coming out of my bedroom, and, you know, Craig's gone, the kids are in there, and I picture myself seeing an intruder face-to-face and be like, bring it on. I got the name of Jesus right here. Just do whatever you want. And I really actually don't hope that happens, but if it does, I feel in a much better place. And so Craig's cousin is an artist, so I asked her, commissioned her to paint this picture, and this is right by our front door. It's a cute little angel, and if you see in the corner, he's got some marshmallows and s'mores, which we're gonna have later tonight. There's a campfire, and it says those, it says the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. It's Psalm 34, seven. That's our house in a cartoon kind of way, and then in the back, she put our cat Hulk in the back. So it's true to life right there. And ladies, I wonder what it is that you need a breakthrough in your life. What is that fear that has been crippling you or plaguing you? Have you asked for help? Have you asked Jesus for help? There's um, a story in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, you're probably familiar with it, about a man who was crippled, and I'm going to just read these few verses. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come, he had come home. So many, gathered that there, so many gathered there, there was no room left. So Jesus is inside a home. Then it says, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, and other um, gospels actually say they dug through tiles. Like, can you just picture yourself there in the room? (laughs) Jesus, it's crowded. It's not like they could move away and let the tile come down. So like dirt and plaster and tile are falling on people's heads right now. And, And so they're digging through the roof, lowered the mat, The paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. And it goes on, read more, it's awesome. But what strikes me about that story is that the paralytic man had help getting to Jesus. I don't know if he asked, we don't know. Do you think he did? Or do you think his friends offered? Either way, there's a lesson for us, isn't there? Are we... Are we just consumed with ourselves and our own problems that we don't see those around us who could use our help? Or are we so prideful that we're not willing to ask others for help to get us to Jesus? This last week, I did something that, ugh, it was hard to do. 
but I felt God calling me to do it. I sent a long email to just a handful of close friends, trustworthy friends, and I actually said, would you be my stretcher bearer? One who bears my stretcher. I said, I feel weak, I feel beat up, I feel like I, I, I just, I'm struggling. And then I referenced Mark chapter two, and I said, for the next two weeks, leading up to something important that's happening, I said, for the next two weeks, would you be willing to pray for me every day? And do you know that as I typed it, like I actually got to the point of saying, would you pray for me every day? And I like paused, I couldn't write it. I, I was like, no, I can't, I can't. They're so busy, they have kids, and I can't, sometimes I can't even pray for my own kids. I'm so, you know, it's like, how can I ask them to pray for me every day? And then I got past that, and I felt like God was asking me more, and I said, and then, like, if there's any words of encouragement, like if there's scripture, or if God gives you a song, like, I just feel like I'm a sponge that keeps getting squeezed out, and I need more. And, and my friends wrote back and said, I'm on it, girl. Yes, I got your back. I will, I will bear your stretcher. A friend right before chapel, my friend Mandy, sent me a text praying for you. She's bearing my stretcher. But I asked for help. So ladies, when's the last time you asked for help? From Jesus, but from others. When's the last time you let someone bear your stretcher? Maybe you're saying, well, Molly, I sure would, but I don't have anyone that will. I believe that God will open your eyes to who that person can be. And sometimes, God in his goodness and knowing how he just wants us to long for him and him alone may allow you for a season to really just experiencing help from just him. Maybe there will be a season when there aren't those other four stretcher bearers in your life. Is Jesus enough for you? Are you calling on him? When we are weak, he is strong. There is power in weakness. There is beauty in brokenness. There is beauty in brokenness. I want to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. You can listen or turn there if you want. It's just a couple verses. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And then here's the verse that I want you to see to pay attention to, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. The light of Christ shining in our lives through our brokenness can be beautiful. That reference says it's like we're jars of clay. I'm not sure if this mug is made out of clay. I think it probably is. This is a nice Hidden Acres Christian Center mug right here. And it says the light of Christ is in us, right? So I'm going to light this right here. Yeah, we can get, we can go, yeah, we can turn all the lights off. And then you know what? I'm going to even, I have, my next screen is black, so we can, let's go like this. Let's, yes, there we go. Okay, what can you see from there? 
Oh, not a whole lot. Bummer. My illustration's not working. Oh, did that help at all? Um, okay, let's leave the lights off. All right, ladies, next to that mug that is whole and brand new brought to me from the store actually is another mug that if your eyes could see, it has the letter M on it because my friend Mandy, actually the one who just prayed for me, she gave me this mug. It was M for Mandy, but she decided to make it M for Molly. But guess what? The mug broke. Kind of like I feel broken right now, crushed, beat up, and bruised. But you know what I discovered when I glued it back together? That it actually looks really cool. And it's kind of a cool nightlight. Do you guys see that? The light of Christ shining through the brokenness. Sometimes God allows us to become broken because his light shining through us is even more beautiful than if you were all whole and perfect and put together. So I wonder, ladies, in your life right now, which one you feel like. Because God can put you back together. I mean, like looking better than I did. I didn't do a very good job. But there is beauty in brokenness. We can turn some lights back on right now if you want. <laughs> so I can see my notes. When we invite Jesus into our brokenness and we admit our need for help, we become beacons of light to, ho to the hope uh, and hope to the hurting around us shining through the darkness so we can be a nightlight for others. Isn't that a cool thought? Jesus is a nightlight for us, but we can be a nightlight for others. I told someone earlier this today I was chatting with, I said, you know, I feel like the stories that I'm drawn to these days are the ones that don't have a happy ending. <laughs> I used to always love happy endings. But if life was all happy endings, we wouldn't really be relatable, would we? We wouldn't need Jesus. We wouldn't get to experience the power in saying and believing his name and knowing scripture and needing help. So here's a question for you ladies right now. Is the light of Christ in you? Is the light of Christ in you? in you, whether you feel whole or broken, whichever it is, is he in you? Because it doesn't happen by default. The light of Christ doesn't just show up in your life uninvited. In fact, Jesus is a gentleman and he waits to be asked. And maybe you're saying, well, Molly, that's a nice little chat about brokenness and stuff, but I feel pretty good. I got it all together. I don't need any help. Well, actually, <laughs> let me tell you something about that. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are broken. If God, if God is here and I am here, that means there's this big chasm between me and God and, and what's in the way is my sin and your sin. He's perfect, I'm not. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are broken and in need of a savior. And then Romans 6.23 has really bad news, that the wages or the cost of our sin is death, eternal separation from God, yikes. But you're looking at that space right there and you're like, something is missing. <laughs> you're right. There's a really important word that comes next, the word but. Ladies, it is the best but in the Bible. 
It is a really good but, and this is what it says. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a gift. It's not something that we need to do or we need to strive for. In fact, in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So when we talk about when there's power in needing help, there is literally life-changing, life-saving power in needing help from Jesus to save us from our sin. You cannot do it on your own. You cannot be good enough. Romans 10.9 says that all we need to do is confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, and what? Say it with me. You will be saved. But we make it so complicated. We think we got to do something. We think, either we think we, we don't have a problem, or we think that to get saved, we have to work at it that it's not just enough that Jesus died and we say, thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Do you guys remember the old song, Oh, You Can't Get to Heaven? You guys remember that song? Okay, well, I, I, I want to take you back to um, one of the originals. Sing it with me, okay? Oh, you can't get to heaven in roller skates. Oh, you can't get to heaven in roller skates oh you can't get to heaven in roller skates you'll roll right past those pearly gates all my sins are washed away i've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb okay i wrote a couple more verses oh you can't get to heaven with a perfect selfie without jesus your insides are ugly Oh, you can't get to heaven on Instagram. It's only through the blood of the lamb. Oh, you can't get to heaven by Snapchat. Your vain efforts will all fall flat. Oh, you can't get to heaven by smoking pot. You'll think you're there when you're really not. <laughs> all right, now, you guys, I, I, included, I included the next one. I hope it's okay. You're a bunch of women, and I know that I got some essential oil lovers out there. Oh, you can't get to heaven with essential oils. You can't use lavender on Hades boils. Woo, okay. All right, but let's bring it back. Let's bring it back to the point of all of this because I have heard so many times that people think there's so many different ways to heaven. They gotta do something. Oh, you can't get to heaven by being good. It's impossible to do all the things you should. Oh, you can't get to heaven through baptism. It's only by believing Christ died and is risen. Now, thanks for the amen. I've shared this before, and I've had some people say, wait, what? Wait, baptism doesn't save me? I thought, well, let me tell you, ladies, baptism is awesome. It is in the book as a step of faith to show that we are followers of Jesus, but there's nowhere in this book that says it makes me saved. The book tells me that it is just through confessing and believing. I don't have to do anything. It's a gift. Oh, you can't get to heaven through confirmation. That's great, but it's Christ alone who gives reconciliation. Oh, you can't get to heaven by reading your Bible. If you don't know Jesus, you're still liable. Though it's good to read your Bible. Oh, you can't get to heaven by quoting verses. Satan knows them too, and he's been cursed. Oh, you can't get to heaven by going to church. You better continue your salvation search. Oh, you can't get to heaven by tithing lots of money. Christ paid your admission, so it's free. Oh, you can't get to heaven by healing the sick. I'm sorry, but I think you've been tricked. Oh, you can't get to heaven by knowing of Jesus. It's knowing him personally 
that frees us. That is straight from John 17, 3. Ladies, if you've been striving to do this on your own, let tonight be the night that you just let go and you admit your need for Jesus to do what Jesus does, for Jesus to do what he already did, which is to pave the way as a free gift. If that's the chasm and sin is in the way, then when Jesus died on the cross, he took my sin and your sin and he created a bridge to walk across to meet the Father. But he's a gentleman and he waits. So have you said yes? Is the light of Christ in your life? As I invite Nicole up to play a little bit and then we're gonna invite all the ladies up in a minute um, to respond in worship. I wanna ask you to ask Jesus a couple questions tonight and it's okay, we can bring the lights back down. I want them to feel like they have their moment with Jesus. This is your time with him. Girls, you can, you can say anything to the Lord right now. These are just some ideas of how you could respond right now. Some ideas are, dear Jesus, where do I need more of your light in my life? And how can we bring light to that area? He knows. Jesus, I offer to you my brokenness. How can I let you shine through it, Lord? Maybe you want to ask Jesus, is there a person or place you are asking me to shine my light? Show me how. Maybe there's another question you have for Jesus, or maybe you just want to say, Jesus, what do you want to tell me? What do I need to know right now? And then just pause and listen. And if you don't hear anything, just keep asking. Ask tonight, ask tomorrow. He is going to speak to you. So we're going to do some worship, and then I'm going to come back up, and then we're going to get to light our candles for the last song. It's going to be like Christmas Eve in September. But I want those candles to be meaningful for you. So I really want you to have this time with the Lord so that when your candle gets lit by the lady next to you, you kind of, like, it's significant. You know what it means. You know what Jesus is telling you and what he's doing in your life or what you're offering to him. And so take time, just a minute here, to bow your head, get alone in your space with Jesus, and talk with him, and then we'll enter into worship.